Louise McSharry on 2FM. It is time for us to talk money. We are in our How to Be an Adult segment of the show where we address the things that we feel like we should know as adults, but that, I don't know, potentially you just didn't pick up along the way. And uh, obviously we always have Paul Merriman in, a financial advisor at askpaul.ie when we talk about money. And lots of people are having to examine their future in terms of the way that they're going to live. We are living in a country with a housing crisis and buying a house seems out of reach for many people. However, if you team up with someone, people who are in romantic relationships seem more likely to be able to achieve it. So is it a good or bad idea to team up with someone who isn't your romantic partner to try to buy a home? Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Louise. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Sorry, you were coming through very loud and clear there for a moment, but we're okay well. now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. So, Paul, do you think it's a good idea to, to buy with a friend or a cousin or whatever? Yeah, what happens here, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of pros, but a lot of cons if it goes wrong, Louise. So the good news is if you want a boy with a mate or you want a boy with a cousin or a sister or a brother, whatever the situation is, uh, you get treated the exact same with the banks from the central bank. Now, years ago, after the recession, a few banks didn't want to deal with these type of cases because when it goes wrong or say, you know, let's say you have two, two mates sharing together, buying a house together, and one of them goes off and does find the partner or does find love and wants to move in with that person, it's when things can go a little bit wrong, which we'll talk about now in a second. But from a central bank point of view and from the banks now, it's much easier It's much easier to be done. And you qualify for the same rules. So like it's three and a half times your combined income and you still need your 10% deposits. You're not treated any differently than any other any other consumers, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do, I think, I, I, like we get a lot of people on our Instagram page find it very, very difficult to buy a house on their own. So I think they have no option these days with house prices and salaries the way they are. I think if you're going to want to become a homeowner, I think this is actually a really good idea. Once you set it up correctly, and like I said, setting it up correctly from the beginning is really important because it's usually when things go wrong when you're trying to get out of this type of deal. Uh, it's fine if you're going to live together forever, but if somebody goes off and meets somebody and somebody wants to leave, I suppose the arrangement or the the, the kind of the partnership of the house uh, is when it can get very difficult. So presumably, you just need to plan for all of those possible eventualities. Yes, you do. So I think let's do, probably use an example would be the best way to talk about this. So say if you have two people and they're mates again and they're on 50,000 euro each day, they have a hundred grand combined salary. Uh, now in that case, they can borrow 3.5 times their salary, which is 350,000 euro. Now, if one of the mates decides in two or three years that they don't want to be in the mortgage, the other person, if they're still on that 50K, they'd only be able to borrow 175K in their own right. Does that make sense? They won't be able to take over the mortgage. So this is where it gets difficult because you're both liable for the full mortgage. Uh, and then if, 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 if it's a kind of bad breakup in friendship and somebody goes off and doesn't pay the mortgage, you're both affected from an Irish Credit Bureau point of view as well. So both credit ratings are affected. Mm. So it's just a few things that can go wrong. But I think having an agreement to say, well, look, uh, we will sell the house if we're not going to be in this together for the long term. So if somebody does meet somebody or somebody moves out, uh, we will just sell the house is the easiest thing. And I do think that generally is the easiest thing. Yeah. Unless, in the example of two mates, they both meet people. Uh, you know, and they both decide that one can take over the mortgage with a new partner. But it's usually, to be honest with you, it's usually love that gets in the way of this being a very, very perfect plan. Uh, right. It's usually when somebody meets somebody, want to move out, they want to start a family, or they want to buy a house with the with their new part with their partner, uh, that it can cause an issue. The the other thing to be keeping an eye on here is inheritance tax Louise so okay. again that couple of mates they have 150,000 they own the, the house for say 300k between them 150,000 each 
uh, if one of those passes away, the other party technically is inheriting half of the house at 150,000. And as strangers, uh, you know, they're only really allowed to get up to 16,250. So they're going to have a tax liability on 133 grand from the revenue commissioners at 33%. So just to cut through the figures, they're going to owe revenue about 45 grand if they inherit that house. Jeez. Now, again, yeah, and, and sorry, that's the same the way we discussed this in the show before as well. That's the same for cohabitating couples, by the way, yeah. that aren't married. So yeah. people are living together with kids and they have a mortgage. It's the same rules for them. But you can simply insure each other for that 45000 under separate life assurance policy. So when you're doing your mortgage protection policy for the bank, you need to also cover each other off as well with a small life. Now, there are pittance, the life assurance policies for that type of stuff would be really, really small. Uh, but again, did you see what I'm saying? It's just yeah. about setting it up correctly and really yeah. getting a good financial plan around the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you... I, think it, I genuinely think it's a great idea. I think people have to do it, Louis. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think so too. Uh, but can I ask, can you... Can you like have a contract in terms of the, you know, if one of us falls in love or one of us doesn't want to be in the house anymore and um, we're going to sell. Can you have can you set up a contract from the outset so that that's all cut and dry and clear? You, you, you could, but it's still, I think it's very hard to enforce those contracts in the actual courts. But I think it's not a bad idea just to maybe set it down with a solicitor when you're buying the property. Um, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't actually hold up in court, but I think you'd want to be in a really bad situation with a relationship for it to end up in court. But I do, do think there's no harm in putting something yeah. down on paper when you're buying the property. Say, right, this is what we're going to do. If somebody moves out, we just sell the property. Yeah. But the problem with that is that sounds easy at the beginning. But let's remember, say the person that's still single or, you know, still hasn't found somebody to, to move in with, they are now technically going to be homeless when that house is sold and back into the renting game. You know, yeah. so it, it it's not re it probably isn't that fair for that person that situation. Well, so although that, you could put it down on paper, that's why I asked pardon? about the contract because mm -hmm. I was just thinking you can feel something and agree something and be like very clear on it on day one, but by day you know thousand you've been living in the house, you've set down your roots, you're loving having your own space, painting the walls whatever you like. You know, you have your yeah. own routine. You might feel very differently about that plan to sell at that stage. Yeah, you probably will. And you sorry, you definitely will. Because I think when you're trying to, I think people are so desperate to get in the property ladder now and get out of the rent trap uh, that, you know, this seems like a logical thing to do. But you're right, Louise. You know, if you're in the house five years, it's become your home, you know, um, the neighbor, look, just your, your neighborhood and, you know, to, to, to have to leave because somebody else has got a partner. So the other way to do this is to say that you're never going to sell it. So uh, that if somebody wants to move on and move out, that they have to, you know, the other person might take over the mortgage. But you're, there's no obligation to sell the property really as long as the mortgages are being kept up to date the bank won't care mm. so it's really just between the two of you so i actually think trying to put a date on the sale is probably not the best thing to do mm. i think having an agreement to say right we're buying this now this is forever and if somebody moves out they move out but the other person can take over the mortgage yeah. that's i think that's fair but <laughs> again let's say when the mates moves on they move in with their partner they're now going to be affected. They won't be able to get a new mortgage and they might want to settle down with kids and get their own family home. Yeah. Uh, and they will probably won't, they'll find a way that much more difficult to get a mortgage because they already have them with their friend. Yeah, see, so, this is the thing. It, it, Logically, this makes perfect sense. But when you throw in emotions yeah. <laughs> and love and humanity, yeah. then you've got problems. 
Yeah, yeah, you, ha you have got problems. No, you do. Look, again, you do have problems. I think that the, in my experience of doing this for people, it generally tends to work really well with siblings for some reason. And I would have thought siblings would kill each other sometimes, uh, especially where it does come to love and moving on. But it seems to be from a family point of view, it's fine. It's when it gets into mates and... You know, now again, I got a lot. Like I got a lot, a lot of young people contacting me on Instagram. Actually, I got one actually only this morning. Somebody was asking me. They're both on thirty five thousand. They've saved a lot of money, um, and you know they can go off and buy a house together. But they're actually looking at it from. I got two of them in this morning. Actually, this guy was looking to go on and continue an investment portfolio with his friends. So buy their first house together, have it together. Okay, I think we lost Paul there, so we will. Uh endeavor to get him back potentially on the phone uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with Paul if you have a question for him by the way around this area or about money in general and finance in general just email it to us louise at rte.ie or of course you can text us 51552 we'll be back with some music from Bobby Arlo and more from Paul after Louise McSherry on 2FM that is new music from Bobby Arlo one of our 2FM rising acts this year and I have to say I'm a huge fan of hers music is fantastic such a joy to play for you feel it that's called now though we have got paul back on the phone line hello paul hello there don't know what happened so there apologies rudely interrupted by technology um <laughs> but you were talking about the idea of investing with a friend as a kind of investment partnership tell yeah, me a little so bit about that yeah so this was a good idea so what you can do is set up the house together and say look in five years we're going to move on but we're going to keep that property as an investment property so we're both going to move out in five years or three years whenever it is uh, and we simply rent that property out bring the rental income in to cover the mortgage uh, and then continue on a merry way whether it's with another partner or ourselves in the future again whatever happens over that mm. period of time uh, so that was a that's a really good idea for somebody because again that, I think that person was on about 35,000 or the two of them were so combined they can borrow about 240 35,000 euro and they actually had a quite large deposit as well which would help so um, yeah so, so that, that's, I, I think that's a really clever idea but I think it's a good idea Louise it's just, it's just highlighting what can go wrong for people I think once people are aware of what the risks are or what the the, the, the problems may arise and once they can square them off between themselves there is the likes of different traditional life insurance policy the cover inheritance tax yeah. or whether it is putting a rough plan in place on paper uh, then you just kind of have to go for it and see what the future holds but don't forget there's thousands of couples across the country that started off like this and ended up getting divorced or separated and yeah. in the same situation as well so I don't think you should I don't think we should probably negate that too much either that kind of the, the, the issues that may arise same with everybody buying a house together you know yeah I think that uh, that idea of buying a property as an investment is really interesting because then you are on the property ladder for want of a better yeah. term and um, and you know you have something um, that you can use to leverage yourself into your next step in life oh. A hundred percent. And while you're young as well, say those uh, the two guys in this question, if they had no kids yet, they could maybe afford to overpay the mortgage in the first five or ten years' time and get their mortgage right down. Uh, you know, so they would have massive equity in the property when they come to their thirties or in the early twenties. Mm. Uh, so I, again, it's a really good financial plan, but just knowing all the cons that can go with it is really important. Why didn't I do that? I know. <laughs> like, why didn't I do anything smart with my money? Because you didn't know me back then. I didn't. That's Honest to God, that is truly, <laughs> if I had known you when I was 22, I would have had a very different life. Okay, <laughs> well, we have some questions coming in for you, Paul, um, and they are across a wide range of topics. So we'll start with the first one, which actually I'm interested in this as well, because a friend of mine, I, I just learned, uh, made a quite, a, well, significant for her investment in Bitcoin. So this says, what does Paul think of Bitcoin as an investment? 
I'm, I'm literally, I recorded a video this morning to go out. You wouldn't believe this on my Instagram page. Literally after this show, all about Bitcoin. We have a webinar on next Thursday. But anyway, uh, I myself have made a very small investment into Bitcoin. Uh, less than 1% of my overall wealth went in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's a really high gamble. Uh, the reason I decided to do it was because obviously with Tesla, you know, Musk going into it. Uh, and also a lot of hedge funds have gone into it. Now, I, I've been on uh, Instagram loads of times saying stay away from Bitcoin. But over the last six months, you could definitely see that there tends to be a future in it and uh, maybe past 10 years where I, I thought it was very volatile and gamble-like investment, which I, sorry, I still think it is. So I would say if you are interested, number one, check out the video that goes up on Instagram. And number two, a very, very small proportion of your overwhelm is literally, it's, it's still a high risk strategy in my opinion. Uh, and how long do you think you'd be leaving it in before you're going to see? I'm going to leave mine for 10 years, 10 to be years. honest with you, Louise. Okay. Yeah, I said so don't put years. in, if you're planning on getting a mortgage next year. Oh don't, God, no. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, and the number one, and again, and the course going to go through everything from investments and Bitcoin and everything, but you shouldn't be investing anything for if you need the money in the next three years. It should have just to stay on cash really, you know? And can I ask, so my friend, who uh, who bought some Bitcoin or invested in Bitcoin, whatever yep. the terminology is, she did it via an app on her phone. Um, what is the best way if you are listening and you're like, oh, I actually have a bit of money I could put in, put away for ten years. I'd give that a go. Yeah, how great. do you so, do it? Yeah, so what what I did, I don't mind saying this, even though it wasn't the course next week, but anyway, uh, I I used a thing called Coinbase, a site called Coinbase is quite popular. Now, just to say. This is not me advising people to go into this because it's an unregulated product. And just the usual disclaimers, it is really, really high risk. It's very risky, But I, yeah. I personally went into a, a, a Coinbase account. Uh, you set the Coinbase account up. Now, my strategy was I drip fed in money every single day over a 20-day period. Uh, so because it's very volatile, it moves up and down very, very sharply uh, when it comes to equities. Uh, sorry, like an equity, but it, it's much more volatile. So up and down in value a hell of a lot quickly in a day. Like I think last last week alone was nearly 20% down in one day. You know, so it, it's really volatile. So I went in on, on a little bit on a daily basis over over a 20-day period. Uh, and I'm going to probably put a little bit more in as well over the next 20 days and might keep doing that. But uh, like I said, I'm planning to leave for 10 days, 20, sorry, 10 years. And it's less than 1% of my overall. So if you've got 500 euro, you know, uh, I'd still recommend, you know, we have the Aspal investment tool, but I still probably recommend 450 into that and maybe 50 euro towards. Okay. Because that's, you know, way, way safer than Bitcoin. And okay. um, so, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of information. You need to educate yourself around it, which is why we're doing the webinar next yeah. week on it. But there's loads of information there on the page. Yeah. And people can find your Instagram, your Aspal. Yes, ask Paul on Instagram. Ask Paul underscore now, uh, and there's tons of content up there. Yeah. Like, everything you need to do about personal finance. Uh, cool. So yeah, that's really fun. Okay. Uh, next one says a mortgage is meant to be three times your salary. Is that gross or net wage, please? Uh, great question. Actually, you get, people get confused. It's your gross wage, and it's three point five times. Actually, it's not just three times. Uh, now there are some just to say as well as any civil or public service uh, listeners this morning. You can get slightly more one company in particular. They give you slightly a bit above. They give you slightly more in your wages. So if you're on thirty thousand or say fifty k, uh, they'll allow you slightly more because you're going to get your salary increments on the years. So they let you up two points in the pay scale. Yeah, uh, but general rules for everybody else is three point five times your combined gross salary. If you're single, obviously you only have your own salary. Okay. Next one says, uh, where do you do go to do, well, this is similar, um, <laughs> similar question to the Bitcoin question. Yeah. Where do you go to do small time investments in shares? I only have a few grand and I feel like if I rang a stockbroker, they'd laugh at me. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, they, well, they wouldn't in fairness. Um, but the problem of buying with that amount of money or a small amount of money, you're only going to avoid one or two individual stocks. So 
again, I, I hate saying this in your show all the time because I feel like it's nearly advertising, but we have got the Asphalt Investment Club that invests in over 400 stocks. You can get involved in a little 75 euro. And the reason we launched that, Louise, and I don't mind talking about it, is that it was to help people like that, that they didn't realise that everybody can invest from a little 75 euro mm. and get a really good diversified portfolio. Mm. Uh, and I think it's a really good idea and I think everybody should be doing it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think head there, have a look at the site uh, and have a look at the investment club mm. and you probably get to look there. And if you have two or three thousand euro in that case just please make sure before you invest whether it's bitcoin or anything else that you have your personal debt down to zero the accounts and no credit cards no personal mm-hmm. loans etc because no point trying to invest to make three or four percent or six percent even when you're paying eight percent on a car loan or eight percent or fourteen percent to a credit card company yeah so there's a few fundamental rules from personal finance before you do invest but i wouldn't put that three thousand or a couple of grand in uh, in one fail suit but probably see i'd like to see maybe 250 euro a month go in over a 12 month period for argument's sake just so you don't get stuck in the markets at a bad time okay uh next one says i'm in the process of selling my house which i bought with an x i okay. now have decent savings and i want to purchase again is there any chance a bank might offer the same terms as a first-time buyer again as 20 percent of savings will be very difficult to get to so there are exceptions, uh, exceptions rather. So uh, from that 3.5 times salary rule as well, you can get exceptions to get a bit more than that in some circumstances. And second time buyers, if it's a really good case and the income levels are high, the bank might give you an exemption where you can get a 10% deposit. So they are available in the marketplace, uh, but again, you just need to make sure you're talking to the right people to see can they get you the exemption. Uh, but yeah, it is possible, but it's not the general rule of thumb. So okay. banks have a belt. If you look at just say one, one of the bigger banks, maybe Bank of Ireland, they can only lend a certain amount of their book, say 20% of the mortgage they give out, they can give these exemptions to, Louise. So they're hard to come across uh, and you're probably off better off with your own bank to try and get those exemptions from as well. Mm. Okay. Uh, you mentioned buying with family, says this texter. My sister keeps asking me to buy a house with her to rent out. I'm not sure because she has more to put in than me, so it wouldn't be 50-50. I think she more wants me to help with decisions. Is that a bad idea? Well, I'd say I, I, I'd say what this is, I don't want to cause uh, family ruction today, but I'd say what's probably happening is the sister has the money to deposit, but she probably can't get the mortgage along her salary. Mm. So she probably needs the sister's salary to combine them together to get a big enough mortgage. Mm. Again, not a bad idea. What you'd want to do there again to protect yourself is say say the sister's putting in the, the, the money, is putting in all the deposits. Um, you know, it's only fair, in my opinion, when the house is sold that she gets that first bit out. So she put 30K in and the other sister doesn't put anything in. Uh, that when the house is sold, if it's sold for a profit of 100K in 20 years or 10 years' time, that that sister gets her 30K out and then the other 70,000 split between them. Mm. So, again, just thinking logically about going into it might be a good idea, but how do you get out of these things and who paid in more? And having those agreements out straight, straight up is the obvious thing to do. Yeah, okay. And one last question. I yep. took a loan out of the credit union of uh, 30 grand and have been okay. paying it off weekly without any issues. I now need a further top up to complete a renovation. Is this possible or is it too soon? Uh, it depends on how long it is. You didn't give us a time no. frame there. But uh, yeah, look, in fairness, what I will say, the credit union are usually really, really good in this situation. Um, I'm a massive fan of the credit unions, but I would say go back to the credit union, have a chat with them, especially if they can see you paying back weekly. You mentioned no problems, so I presume it's for at least six months or maybe eight months. 
And if you go back to them and they understand the situation, you might be able to get a top up higher than that as well. It does depend on what your shares are and the credit union as well. So there's a number of factors that be into play there, but I would definitely open up a conversation with the credit union in that case. Okay, yeah, they're that's worth worth asking, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Don't um, ask you, don't get. Okay, well, Paul, as we mentioned, you have got loads and loads of free financial advice on your Instagram page and on your website. Uh, and mm-hmm. Instagram is at askpaul underscore ie. I hope you have a lovely day. It was great to chat to you. Yeah, great to chat to you, Louise. Hope to see you soon. Thanks yeah. a minute. Thanks a mil, Paul. Bye. Cheerio, Paul. Louise McSherry on 2FM.